We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. You are listening to KC Sports Network, proudly presented by Emprise Bank. Coming up, the latest in Kansas City soccer coverage from KCSN. Featuring No Other Pod with Jimmy Mack and Daniel Kuser. Currently with Daniel Kuser and Chris Wright. And Soccer Talks with Ali Trost-Martin. KC Sports Network is your new go-to for Kansas City soccer coverage. Make sure to hit that follow button so you don't miss anything. And now, let's get to it. What's going on, everybody, and welcome yo, yo, back yo. to another episode of No Other Pod. I'm Jimmy, along with my good buddy and star of stage, Daniel Kuzer. How's it going, my friend? Star of the stage, man. You came down, you got a little Topeka Day trip. How was that for you? It was great. Got to see yeah. you in your full-on acting glory. Yeah? And uh, you were singing, you were tap dancing. It was, it was quite the spectacle. It was enjoyable. Were you surprised? You were very talented. Brittany, at uh, intermission, she was like, kind of makes me want to, you know, she used to do jazz dancing when she was like seven. She was like, kind of makes yeah. me want to get a pair of tap shoes and, you know, try to learn again. Hell so yeah, you, get you're, back you're inspiring it. other people. <laughs> I thought about taking some classes. I tell you what, um, dude, <laughs> I've been fighting this cough for three weeks now. Yeah. I'm on steroids now, bro. So I might rage out on you. Okay. Go a little You ever done that? Got a little prednisone action? Oh, I've had, yeah. I get, uh, there's been a couple times in my life when I've had pneumonia, and they give me a steroid inhaler to try to kick it. Is that what it is? Yeah. A lot of antibiotics and everything else, so. I took some today, and immediately my eyeballs were hot. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it was a wild feeling. It was weird. I turned green, and my shirt popped off, and. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, it was wild. I'm ready to, like, fight somebody, so. But no, seriously, it was good. If y'all good. are even... Hey, even if you're not interested in the theater, if you're interested in this podcast, go check out Daniel Kuzer at the Topeka oh, Civic Theater. I've never been to the Topeka Civic Theater. I did not know what to expect. So we walk in and they're like, here's your table. And I'm like, a table? That's fancy. And then they're like taking your drink order and water and everything. And it was like a nice dinner theater, really yeah. good space. Not a, you told me this, but not a bad seat in the house. It seats so. like just shy of 300 people. You probably think like, okay, what kind of little rinky-dink theater is it? What, seats like legit. 50, 60 people? Seats just shy of 300, so pretty well. And it was a, yeah. a really fun show. I didn't really know much about it at all, except what you had told me, so go see. Yeah. Go see. Go check giggle? it out. Did you have some I, giggles? I, I, I did some giggling. So <laughs> some laughing, some crying. No, nice. Crying, but it was, it was good. Very well done. Thanks, man. 
It's a lot of fun. Well, y'all should go check it out. Uh, but there was a uh, a soccer game mm. <laughs> that did occur, whether we want it to have occurred or not. It happened. Uh, so we'll talk about that. Uh, but guess if you have not left us a five-star rating and review, we'd encourage you go, to go do so. Because if you did, this is when we would be reading it on air. This is it. We, we talk about it and and because we have to. Like it, it's, it's in the contract. We have to do it. <laughs> the contract we signed with ourselves yeah. five years ago <laughs> when we decided. Well, I, I mean, we did make a commitment way back when. If you leave a review, we're going we're gonna to read it. So five years ago, going on six, amigo. It's wild. I know it. It's wild. Um, but let's let's jump on into this because there's 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 plenty to Again. talk about. Uh, Sporting Kansas City went on down to Dallas, Frisco to be specific, about 45 minutes outside of Dallas to take on FC Dallas. And we know that traveling down to Dallas to take on FC Dallas is always, whether it should or shouldn't be, it's always a tough task for Sporting Kansas City. And and this year, through the first three games of the year, the discourse online around this club has not been great because there have been some disappointing results, regardless of how well the team is or is not playing. The results, in the end, have been disappointing. And so we were heading down to Frisco, looking to get our first win of the season, looking to get our first goal of the season. And one of those things happened. <laughs> uh, but... Unfortunately, not both of them. So this is just, um, I don't know. This this is a tough game. Spoiler alert, obviously. I'm assuming if you, you're listening, you, you know the result. Sporting Kansas City lost 2-1. to one. Uh, But this was, uh, this was kind of a, a rough one because we knew going into the game that Tim Leibold, our new left back, was questionable with the hamstring injury from last week. And kind of had a feeling he probably wasn't going to play. Mm-hmm. They've been treating everybody with kid gloves with with injuries and such. Uh, so the lineup was largely unchanged from last week, except Ben Sweat was in there at left back. And y'all, y'all know how I feel about Ben Sweat and his defensive capabilities. It makes me nervous. I'm telling you, uh, he he went he went vegan. So I just I worry about his uh, you know his bones aren't getting enough vitamin D and whatnot. I worry I worry about him. You got some uh, some vegan advice for Ben Sweat? I, you know, me and Ben, we probably gonna start hanging out all the time because it's like a vegan club. You know, it's it's more it's a cult, but we call it a club. You know. Okay. There you go. Yeah, y'all both got the the longer hair that's growing out and such. So. Yeah, he saw mine and he was like, "I should probably do that." I'm like, "Probably." You know. I mean, so. we all know that you inspired. Your hair was the inspiration for Graham Zusi, right? No. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm telling you, dude. I got to watch a little bit of this, right? I kind of. Peeked in every now and then. Yeah. And I was, By the way, I don't know how you do that. You're like, oh, hold on. Let me go on stage and, you know, be the star of a show. And then I'll go backstage and watch part of a soccer game and not miss my cue for my next song that I'm supposed to get out there and sing. Because I'm not off stage very long. So no. uh, it timed up pretty well. You know, 20, 15, 20 minute intermission. I was able to, you know, watch a little bit of the second half. A uh, little, was the goalkeeper getting sent off? No, he wasn't. Just kidding. <laughs> uh, in the first half, I was able to see, uh, us missed two PKs in very quick succession. Oh my god! Uh, so that was a fun time too. I really saw the big moments, uh, but missed all the goals. You know, <laughs> <laughs> well, it started early for for Sporting Kansas City. It was uh, in the eleventh minute, and it actually started with Ben Sweat up the left side. A pretty decent pass. Credit where credits due. Uh, 
up the left side to, um, I th- God, who is it? I it's hard to, it's Eric Tommy. I believe he gets, I, I thought it was, uh, Daniel Shally, but if you couldn't tell, uh, the broadcast had a weird green color on it the entire time. So it was hard to tell what, what was really going on. Did you notice that while you were watching? No, I think you need a new TV. No, it's, you can see it. It's on the, uh, the, the, um, the replay too. It looks really? like there's like a green filter over everything. And if you check huh. Twitter, everybody was, it fixed itself for like a split second. It turned well, and then it went back. It was St. So. Patty's weekend. So, I mean, they were trying to like, they died the Chicago river. They were like, let's die this they, broadcast. They do. Uh, so Sweat had a pretty decent pass to, to Eric Tommy. Um, Tommy loses the ball, but Daniel Shallow is there to clean it up. And he is able to put it in the back of the net, albeit with a little bit of a help of a deflection off of Cirillo. Didn't matter. Uh, it looked Dallas ass. Some angles didn't look like it was deflected, but it was. But hey, yeah, you know what? I thought when this goal scored, I was like, this is the luck turning for Sporting Kansas City. This is the floodgates opening. This is what you nah. need. We all know St. Louis has had plenty of luck, so this is what we need. Nah, don't don't throw shade at St. Louis, all right? They're the best team in the league. Knock it off. Well, okay, hold on. Let's not. Uh, Soccer capital of America. Relax. <laughs> well, no, I'm talking about that in a little bit. Um, I just, I was, I was happy for Daniel. Daniel's no Daniels, as we know. We've learned that on this podcast. Mm-hmm. And uh, it was, it was a good, basically the perfect start for Sporting Kansas City. You're on the road. You're up one zero in the eleventh minute. All things are going well. All things are going well until you know the rest of the game. We figured we'd go ahead and make this goalkeeper goalkeeper of the week again. Like that's what we like to do. Well, okay. I have a bone to pick with too because I'm look, I'm can we stop making goalkeepers against SKC goalkeeper of the week because they're wow. stopping relatively routine shot. Okay, the 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 PKs saves are saves, baby. Saves, great. Okay, wonderful. <laughs> uh but I mean they had done. We had three shots on goal. We had three shots on goal. One of them scored, so I'm just saying, like this, it's not like they had two saves. This goalkeeper had two saves. He got goalkeeper of the week solely because of the penalty stops, and yeah. we're gonna talk about those in a minute. But I'm just, I don't know. I, I'm I'm tired of of it's becoming almost like a meme now of like oh the keeper that plays SKC is gonna win goalkeeper of the week. Yeah, I just I, I kind of hope it just it happens for like another week. I don't know. I don't know how many weeks I want it to happen, but I'm kind of. Uh, here for it, I guess. I mean, give us the fuel to get pissed. Sporting Kansas City had 1.3 XG for the game, and Dallas allowed one goal. So you basically let in the exact amount of goals you were expected to. Again, I know that you stopped the two penalty kicks. I just I'm not sure that that alone is like goalkeeper of the week worthy. But yeah, let's. I feel you. Yeah. Here nor there. So it's I don't know this one. Um, the the scheme was was interesting. Uh, Willie Agata. He had some opportunities, but he he was a little bit more on an island than he was previously. He's not quite getting a lot of service from the wings. Uh, he's getting the ball more up through the middle. If you look at the passing chart, he largely got his service from uh, Roger Espinoza and Remy Voltaire. So there's not a great connection right now between Eric Tommy and Willie Agata, which uh, is a little different than how things were going last year. And there's really no great connection right now between the wings, who in this game were, were Shallowy and Kyrie Shelton. So Agata's still starting off kind of slow to 2023. 
I don't know what to do, man. I'm pretty sure we're just we're we're never gonna see Alan Polito again. Like that's just that's what it <laughs> well, is, you know. There's seemingly some more off field stuff going on in his personal life if some of the re- reporting yeah. in Spanish is to be believed. Some Spanish report about a divorce going on? I'm like, when did that happen? Well, I mean, as we know, you are our resident podcast Alan Polito Instagram expert slash detective. I do, I, I do, but I can't I can't read Spanish, buddy. I gotta just I gotta, you know, speculate. You but do. uh well, you know, and the guy posts all these ab shots and everything. It's like, I've, who were those for? Body. Who were those for getting that revenge body? <laughs> well, I do know that it, it is it is unfortunately not been a single occurrence. It has been a multiple time occurrence when I get a text from you and it's like, Alan and his wife stopped following each other again. Because that's what you do, by the way. <laughs> you stop following your spouse when you're mad at them. Yeah. Uh, but no, there's a whole lot of stuff. Apparently he... Ha- do you want to go into it? Allegedly. Reportedly. Apparently, he had cheated before, and she took him back. Yeah. And then, like, it's happened again, and I'm like, oh, boy. Oh, boy. No, it's not. It's a a buddy of mine who speaks Spanish. Like, she was putting it all out on Instagram one time, and uh, they were translating everything. So, good times, man. This is the good good shit. No other pod? I don't know. (laughs) This is the TMZ section of no other pod. No no hablas, uh, no other pod. It's good shit. Yeah. So, you know. On field, our striker, he's having some some problems, you know, putting the ball in the back of the net. Off field, our striker's having some problems, you know, getting his personal stuff together. So, you know, we're we're hoping that both of these things <laughs> improve going forward for, for our strikers. But life not it's just, it's, you know, I, I will say a lot of people are on the Kyrie hate train. I oh, Since when? Since when? I've never heard of this. I thought that this was Kyrie's best game of the season, which a lot of people might be like, okay, it's not a, that's not a huge bar. But uh, I Where thought... Where are this? What are you talking about? There's been four games. Right, but he looked, he put the ball in a dangerous spot a couple of times. There was just nobody there on the end of it, but there are at least two crosses I can think of specifically. I'm like, damn, somebody needs to be there on that back post because if they are, that's a goal. So wow. it was twice it happened, and he did very well defensively. I, w- I will grant you that I don't think... If Kyrie Shelton is your starting right winger, that you're probably an MLS Cup contending team. But I'm okay if Kyrie Shelton is a sub off the bench in the 70th minute who can use his size and his strength and his power and his defensive work rate to to get you over the line. I think we're yeah. desperately, as we've said before, broken record, desperately missing Johnny Russell. I also am getting pretty tired of people saying, like just assuming Johnny Russell comes in and fixes everything. That doesn't happen. I'm a little upset that two goals happened here. A little upset. Yeah. Last week, we were really praising the defense. So the fact that two goals took place against us, a little upsetting, a little disheartening. So I just feel that, uh, uh, I don't know, man, Johnny Russell's not just going to come in and magically make us winners. He's not because some of the things that are happening, um, they're not things that Johnny Russell can, can affect. If you look at uh, the first goal that uh, uh, FC Dallas got in the second half, about 10 minutes in, this is just a banger of a goal. Velasco in the 55th minute, um, he gets a little back heel pass and he's at the top of the box and, um, you know, there's Fontas closing down on him and he just hits this thing well and true right into the top right corner of the net and it's suddenly tied 1-1 and there's not much Pulse can do about that. And sometimes that happens. It happens. But sometimes. It happens, man. Yeah, not much you can do. Uh, Pulse Camp obviously wasn't happy, but hey, it is what it is. 1-1, and then the penalty kicks happen. 
and we're gonna uh, we're gonna break down those penalty kicks and, and what we think went wrong here uh, in just a minute after a break. Mm. You're listening to the fastest growing sports media network in Kansas City, KC Sports Network. We'll be back right after this. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Entertain. Educate. Inform. KC Sports Network. If you guys are watching that break right there, uh, I was with my best friend Jenna Weinbrenner. Did you see that? I did see that. Look at you hanging out with Jenna. Yeah. It's a nifty little commercial we got there. If you're on the the, the, the plug for the YouTube, KCSN yeah. Soccer, check it out. You'll get to see it visually. Absolutely. So, pretty cool. Jenna looked like she was having fun. Imagine that. <laughs> uh, 1-1, 55th minute, less than ideal, but still, what do we always say? You can draw on the road, it's a success. Might not feel like one coming out of a, a 1-0 lead, but if you can hold on to this, Still push for a winner, obviously, but if you can hold on to a 1-1 draw on the road in Dallas, it's going to be a success. Nah, bro, you've got everything changed. Momentum changed. When that goalkeeper does what he does with those penalty kicks, the team is now behind him. The team is like, we got you, bro. And they they just, put, oh my God, like that, you knew that was bad. You knew something was going to happen. If we make it, it changed, the momentum's in our favor. If he's a freaking beast like he was, then the momentum's in their favor. Yeah, it, I mean, it did go. So what happened is uh, Ben Sweat has the ball. Um, he's driving up the left side. I, I know I give Ben Sweat a hard time. Ben Sweat has some some juice offensively. It's not like he's a he's not a bad player. He brings something to this team, particularly on the offensive end. He's not afraid to, to get up in the attacking third and send in what is honestly – a gorgeous ball to Willie Agata. Willie's angle might be slightly off. It might be slightly overhead, but Ben Sweat curls this thing right past the defender, right in front of Willie Agata. Uh, and, and Willie, to his credit, once he realizes that he's not going to quite get there, he uses his body very well and places himself between the ball and the keeper. And the ke- yeah, certainly not intentional on the keeper's end, but no. he takes out Willie, and that's a stone-cold penalty. The keeper was... Like, pulled his arms back. He wasn't going to hit Willie Agata, but he just kept sliding. Momentum, mm-hmm. the sliding was happening. Mm-hmm. And it was like, oh, my God, it's so unfortunate because he didn't mean to do that shit. No, no, no. And it was amazing. It's 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 a clear penalty. Like, he didn't really argue that it was it was a wrong call. He knew it was a penalty. But yeah. credit to Ben Sweat for that ball and credit to Willie for, for putting himself in a position where he could easily earn the penalty without having to, to, to flop over. 
Because yeah. if he would have tried to come at the ball from the other side, I, I don't know how you say his name, Pais, Pais, the, the goalkeeper, P-I-E-S, Pius, uh, he could have gone through the ball and then to Willie, which doesn't really matter if you get the ball first. If it's dangerous, it can still be a penalty, but it's much yeah. less likely. Willie did perfect. He positioned himself perfectly to get that penalty. Yeah. Um, unfortunately, he did not position the penalty kick that he took perfectly. This was a, a little a little funky. Willie's not normally our penalty taker. Johnny Russell, if he were in there, he would probably take it. And and Eric Tawney took some last year, I think, too. Yeah, why why do you think Willie stepped up and took this? Why do you think Daniel didn't take it? I don't I don't know. I'd love to hear the conversation there. I I I guess there was no conversation. He probably just picked up the ball and was like, I got fouled, I'm taking it. I mean, he's a striker. It's not uncommon for your striker to 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 take the penalty kicks. Right. He was the one who earned the foul. So credit for credits due. And this might be a moment where he's thinking, like, I'm gonna get my first goal. Let's get that, you know, box checked. And, and you know, also back, right? Right. And then suddenly it's uh, okay. I'm a striker. I got my goal. Let's go get another. That's that's the the go ahead goal right now. It seemed like he was never really confident in where he wanted to put this penalty kick. Uh, he ch- kind of tried to do the Benny Failhaber thing, where he walked up a little slow and then hesitated and thought he could get uh, Pius leading one way or the other. I think he just waited too long. Yeah, he, he did. Wasn't wasn't good. It's uh, He tried to put it in the bottom right corner. Pius dove, and he got an, uh, a, a left hand to it and punched it away, and it kind of sucked. And then suddenly the referee puts his hands up as FC Dallas is about to throw the ball back in, and, and we're watching the replay, and it's not a very well-placed kick from Magata, but moment of saving grace for Sporting Kansas City. Pius's foot was maybe an inch off the line. Very, very small, but it was off. I kind of hate that rule, man. I don't know why. It's just, God, as a keeper, it's so hard to just keep your feet set until the ball is kicked. It is. It's very hard. I mean, it's just, and it's wild. It's kind of the same philosophical discussion that we have with offside at times, right? And VAR is like, how many... I'm a, I'm a proponent of VAR. I think VAR is a good thing for the game. I think replay is a good thing for the game. I do get, to an extent, the frustration that some people have with it when it's like, we're litigating such small distances that the human eye like reasonably can't really see in live action. Is that within the spirit of video replay review? Yeah. I get that. But I guess, I don't know what your thoughts are. I'd be curious to hear your take. If you do have a rule, like offside, or like you can't step off your line, that has an arbitrary lot like line, no pun intended, you're either on or you're off. Yeah. If replay can show that, yeah, it, it might be half an inch, but you're off, I guess you kind of have to follow the letter of the law. Otherwise, rules. at, at some point, the, the arbitrary line is going to be somewhere. You could say, well, yeah, give them... Give them an inch leeway, but then what happens when you're an inch and a half off? You're still a half inch away from that leeway line. Yeah. So true. Yeah, we got we got a man. Now you're excited. Now you're like, okay, <laughs> you're not doing it again. Like it's someone else is stepping up and doing it. You know. So okay, that's that's another question. Eric Tommy stepped up, and it looked like that he and Willie 
had a little discussion. You can't see this in the highlight package, but live it looked like he and Willie talked. He must have said, I'm going to take it or something, because Willie walks away, and Daniel kind of puts his arm around Willie as they're walking back, trying to console him. So, Yeah, he's like, relax. These are the rules. You missed. (laughs) You missed, and it's the next one in line. Like, that's how it is. You think that's the way? That's how it is quite a bit, but there is a part of me that thinks, okay, penalties convert at an 80% rate. Unless Willie's just trash at taking these in practice, which I don't have any indication he is, there is a part of me that is like, let him get back up there and redeem himself. And I guess you just shatter his confidence mm-hmm. that much more if he misses twice. Yes, it's so a shatter. shatter. I don't like that. You don't like it? Yeah, that let take a breather. You'll get your goal, figure, you know, whatever. Shake this one off. Because if he goes up there and misses a second time, that's the true. dude, that's a bad deal, man. That's just, true. Just takes his manhood. Just, just done. Just manhood. <laughs> I guess it all depends. And, and I'm sure Eric presented it in a, in a really, you know, professional manner. It probably depends I'm on sure. how. He was like, the, you missed. My turn. <laughs> probably depends on how, you know, as the captain, he presented it. But I'm sure he was like, it's okay. You'll get another one. I'm going to take this one now. You get back there. Get ready for a rebound if there is one. And then you punched away if we need you. Um, unfortunately, uh, Eric stepped up and his attempt was really not any better than Willie Agata's. They were both pretty it was better. It was better. I don't know if it was. It was la- he lasered it, right? He didn't really laser it. It wasn't that it it was it was almost at the perfect height for a keeper to save it in the perfect spot. Because Willie's was low, so so Pius had to kind of stretch a little bit, but but Willie's did have the phone. You were on a green TV. I'm sorry. <laughs> Willie's didn't have the pace that it needed. Tommy's might have been a, a little bit faster, but it wasn't super hard. If it was a little bit harder, it was kind of in that spot where it could have bounced off Pius's hand. But Pius gets a hand to it and is able, it's slow enough that he's able to, with just one hand over him, kind of punch it over. And then suddenly, once that happened, I was kind of like, okay, we're not scoring again. Nope, definitely not. Just what a frustrating time. What I mean, what a time to yell at your te- Did you yell at your television? No, I wasn't yelling. Oh, I yelled. You, I was when I, I was backstage, and this was you know oh, people you, were around me. Well, it was intermission, and people were around me. Okay, and they were just like, "Are you all right?" I said, "I'm fucking pissed." <laughs> and they're like, "What is going on?" I said, "Just sports, you know, life and death stuff." <laughs> Are there other sports fans or other sporting fans in the cast? No, absolutely not. Uh, the woman who plays my wife, though, in the show, she's like, I don't know soccer. Teach me. And I'm like, I don't I don't got time for that. <laughs> not right now. <laughs> Just not right now. Okay, Kay, you lost today, too. It's a rough day, you know? That is true. We didn't even talk about that. What a terrible Saturday. It's, it, is, it is quite a bummer. I don't know if it makes you feel any better that Mizzou lost. You probably don't even care anymore. I don't really care. Mizzou. In fact, I'm, you know, well, Mizzou, good, whatever. But K-State, yeah, I'm glad they're, I'm glad they're doing things. That's fun. Yeah. And your boys, Bama, they're still yeah. on there. Let's keep rolling tide. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, it, it it did suck because once we missed it, like it was like those were that was our two best opportunities. I know it was technically two, one opportunity, but two fair opportunities. I don't want to know about bad enough. Those their best. I mean, eighty percent chance to convert a penalty kick. If you look at the expected goals, what did I say? One point three expected goals for Sporting KC. Uh a penalty kick is converted about 80% of the time. So uh, 
an expected goal for a penalty kick is about 0.8. So outside of the penalty attempts, SKC only generated about half a expected goal. So that one attempt right there was uh, was their single best uh, jump in expected goals, and it sucks that they couldn't convert it. Yeah, it so it, it just kind of left it lingering there, and the longer it went on, the more concerned I got. I was like, oh, this isn't good. This isn't good. The defense isn't quite as sharp as they were in the first couple of games. Um, and then, unfortunately, in the 84th minute, because, of course, it had to come that late in the game, Jesus Ferreira, who was U.S. men's national team striker who started the game in the World Cup, um, he puts the go-ahead and eventual game winner away in the 84th minute. And not to bag on Ben Sweat, but it started with a Ben Sweat giveaway deep in Sporting Kansas City territory. He tries to uh, get a little cute with the ball and then maybe tries to clear it but can't get it out uh, away from the Dallas defender. And then he gets a little lazy with his defending on the cross. He doesn't close down, kind of has a little half-hearted left-footed kick that he tries to stop the uh, um, the cross with. And then Jesus Ferreira finds his way in between Felipe Hernandez and Andre Ufantas, puts one on frame, Pulse Camp saves it. He puts it on frame again and Hits the rebound. Pulse Camp immediately kind of gets mad at Volader and uh, Fontas. He's like, y'all kind of stopped. You didn't continue on with Ferreira. So he had a wide open tap in for a goal. There it is. 2-1. Kind of sucked. Kind of sucked, man. Last last minute shit like that happens. And uh, we thought we had a chance to equalize. <laughs> <laughs> it, it came back around yet again. Because after Ferreira scores... We get into stoppage time, or almost stoppage time. I guess it was like two minutes later in the 87th minute. And uh, Pius almost giving away again another penalty kick as he takes down Felipe Hernandez in the box after Willie Agata can't put the ball in the back of the net. He has shown a second yellow card. That is a red card that sends off their keeper. Sporting Kansas City gets an 88th minute penalty kick. All they have to do is step up and convert, which they have not been able to do twice at this point in the game. And you come out of here with a, a point that feels much better than it did 20 minutes ago. Except then there's video review. And Felipe Hernandez is maybe 8 to 12 inches at most offside as soon as Willie got heads it in. No yellow, no red, no penalty. Ball game. Good times. That's Good awesome. times. That was great. Uh, the crowd was just erupting, right? Like just chaos. They were not happy with the referee at first, and then they were happy that it got overturned. And, yeah. you know, they were not happy with the referee back when they overturned the or, or gave Sporting Kansas City a second attempt at a, a penalty kick. And it's just it sucks. It's all really all you can say. Peter Vermees said, um, I think their first goal was a good goal. It was good buildup by them. They kind of turned the ball over in the middle of the midfield, and I don't know if there was a foul or not, but we had a chance to defend. They moved the ball pretty well on the left-hand side, and it was a good finish. That's just going to happen. So he's kind of like, hey, credit where credit's due. We made a mistake. They capitalized. It's great. This is the part of this quote that's really interesting to me, and I don't know what to make of it. He goes on. He goes, the second goal, I can't really speak about it. We had two opportunities to score penalties, and we don't. You're supposed to score those at least 80% in your favor. Their goalkeeper made two great saves, but we've got to score. So I want to ask you about this. When he says the second goal, I can't really speak about it. 
And now we're recording this before we've heard any sort of elaboration or anything, really. What I'm trying to figure out is that I can't speak about it because I haven't seen it enough, or is that I can't speak about it because I'm too mad at Ben Sweat right now, and I'm trying to choose my words carefully before I rage on somebody. Very, uh, these post-game pressers, man, they're, they're, they're short when you lose. So he, he wasn't given much. When you watch the video, it's that bing, bang, boom, he's out of there. And I feel like, you know, he probably wishes that ball was cleared. Obviously, Pulse Camp did the save, and no one was around to clear the ball. You know, he, he just how it is. And he probably wishes Ben didn't give it away and, and did, had a better job defending that cross. That, that's what, you know, the sweat came off immediately after that play. It might have been due to uh, he, he got potentially injured a little bit earlier. I don't know if that's what it was. I don't know if Peter was mad with, with Ben after that play and he was like, yank him. We're getting him off. They put Caden Pierre in at left back and Caden Pierre is not a left back. So I don't know. I'm just, I, I'm, mm. I'm curious to see what happens because we know Peter said in that first game against Portland, Pulse Camp didn't expect that ball to be there, that goal to score. And that was a direct result of a Ben Sweat error. So now if, Three games later, Ben Sweat's making more errors in that same part of the field that's directly leading to goals. Peter's patience wears very thin with something like that. Yeah, they might start uh, seeing if Caden Pierre can play right back or left back, I mean. Yeah, it's, I mean, I'm hopeful that Tim Leibold can come back next game because yeah. we desperately need him. But, uh, yeah, I don't know. It's You consistently make mistakes, and they're the same mistakes. Peter takes you off. Peter sits you. You said it. You said, and you think about what you did. It's one of those things. Uh, you hate to see it, but if he sees a lack of effort or something, or just continuous mistakes about the same shit you talk about, right? You're done. You're done. Dunzo yanked. So bad deal. It'll be interesting to see who uh, who's there at left back against uh, the Seattle Sounders. Yes, Aiden Pierre because Leibold can't go. Well, no Ben Sweats in the doghouse. Real excited to play Seattle. Great, great time for this. <laughs> great time. We'll talk about that. I also want to talk about a little bit of the, the predictable reaction online uh, right. to this game and, and how people are, you know, not handling it well, but uh, we're going to throw it to another break real quick first. You are listening to Casey Sports Network, your home for the best coverage on your favorite local teams. Whether you're a Chiefs, Royals, Sporting KC, KC Current, K-State, KU, or Mizzou fan, we've got you covered. Find KCSN on your favorite podcast platform. Entertain. Educate. Inform. KC Sports Network. See me again? That was nice. <laughs> you know, it's weird. I, every it, it was the exact same thing. Oh, was it? It wasn't a different one? <laughs> it wasn't, no. So, I, I don't get enough of seeing you when we record this the entire time, so I'm glad That's I got to see you in the commercial break, too. Me, too. I love seeing myself. <laughs> Do you watch film of yourself, like, when you're on a stage performance, like, in Something Rotten? Um, I mean, we always film our dances in rehearsal and stuff for like practicing, uh, at home. Yeah. So basically it was a lot of me watching, like, I'm never going to get it. I'm never going to be able to tap dance. And I ended up tapping more than I was originally supposed to. So good times. Well, there you go. You haven't had Marissa stand in the back of the theater with a camera and you, you, you watch yourself back like you're watching game film. No, not really. (laughs) (laughs) She did say she was like, we asked her, like, did you have to learn the lines and, and sort of help them? She was like, yeah, I was, I'd sit there and I'd, I'd read it and I'd read the lines with them. And then 
I watched the performance and I was like, oh, that's how they're acting it out. Okay, I get it. So Yeah, she didn't have the acting down, but she, she read the lines. Hey, that's awesome. <laughs> that's awesome. Um, okay, so the reaction to this game. Understandably, I guess. We're mad, Jimmy. To the first few games has not been great. The reaction to this game was equally, if not more so, not as great. It's not good. I, I think it's worth talking about because reasonable people can disagree on, on aspects of this. I'm I'm still of the camp that it's not time to panic yet. I tweeted no, this. But we're no. the second to the last in the league. Well, that's a pretty deep sure. hole that we were digging ourselves here. And I think there's a few aspects to why this is sort of exacerbating. Uh, but I, I tweeted, you know, Polito, Johnny, Garikinda, Tim Leibold, all injured. And then if, you know, they should be all coming back. Kinda's probably the farthest away from coming back, but hopefully within the next, you know, four or five weeks he comes back. Everybody else should be pretty soon. And then if Nemanja Radulia gets better integrated, so Roger's not having to start every single game. And then if Danny Rosero gets his visa and is here within the next week or so, as he hopefully should be, that's five, maybe six starters that were not available, were not playing or starting against FC Dallas that could be starting a month from now. That's yeah. a drastically different situation and a drastically different team than we're watching right now. And I'm not saying that excuses some of the results. And I'm not trying to be like a team apologist or a Peter apologist or whatnot. I just know there are so many people that are really frustrated right now that I still feel like the need to point out that if we're still having these conversations about lack of result or lack of goal scoring once these people come back, different conversation. But I don't want to be that cynical right now, I guess. And maybe it's blind optimism. I don't think it is, but I don't know. What, is your mind changing at all on this, or or where are you at? I'm, I'm, I'm upset. I know it's four games though. Sure. So it's like, here's my initial opinion. Woo, pretty bad. But then, like, it's not great. Four games. Let's just, you know, and in that same breath, you have to say like, okay, so St. Louis probably maybe isn't that good. Like, you got to just kind of. Wait and see here. We, you know, teams go on runs all the time, but uh, you start digging these holes, man, and it get, it becomes hard to get out of. I mean, that was, I, I, I get this point, and it's well taken because people will say, people can play, compare this team to the 2022 team and this season to the start of the 2022 season. Uh-huh. I think there's still drastic differences because, again, we've mentioned this. I'm not going to harp on it. Last year at this point, there weren't any reinforcements coming at this point. Our most important reinforcements and our biggest area of weakness are potentially a week or two away from coming back. So to borrow uh, a phrase from other people I've seen online, Mike Kuhn or whatnot, I can see a light at the end of the tunnel for this season with our, our biggest holes right now. But I get it. Fans have a little bit of PTSD from last year. We were playing so well at the end of the year last year. We just dug ourselves in too deep of a hole. So you don't want that to happen again. And that's the thing that if we're still here having these same conversations a month from now, that's where I will be more worried. Because if it's end of April, almost into May, and we're still trying to start digging out of that hole, we're getting real close to that line where it's going to be a lot harder. Scary stuff, man. Very scary. I just... 
uh, now we got Seattle coming home, and it's just uh, not too optimistic about that one. Seattle, though, could be an interesting use case for why it's not time to panic yet. When they won their first MLS Cup, it was like June, and they were almost they were the last or second to last in the Western Conference. Yeah. Then they have a key addition in the summer transfer window. Someone named Nicolas Ladero joins the team. Their team takes off. They climb the ranks. They make it in the playoffs. They're playing hot at the right time. They go on to win their first MLS Cup. Not saying we have a Nicolas Ladero new transfer coming in, but Polito, Johnny Russell, Gotti Kinda, any of the, the combination, Tim Leibold, any of the combination of these injured guys could have that same level of impact. No. Not ready to write the team off yet. No, but also not ready to play the reigning CONCACAF Champions League champions at this <laughs> point in the season. No, and we do have them coming in Saturday. Uh, yeah. They are coming off a draw, a 0-0 draw with LAFC, but LAFC is obviously reigning MLS Cup champions, and they're a very good team. Uh, Seattle played them well and played them hard. This was a game in Seattle. Uh, so this is going to be a very tough game. I mean, Seattle ha- put up 1.4 XG to LAFC's 1.2, 11 shots to 10 shots, four on target to three on target. They basically went toe-to-toe with the reigning MLS Cup champions. And I believe Raul Ruiz Diaz, who had been injured, made an appearance in this game and is coming back from injury. So Hooray. he started. So Good deal. Are you feeling any sort of comfortable or confident going into this game on Saturday? No. No. Zero comfort, man. Like, it's just, I don't know. The team's about, they're going to get frustrated. Mm-hmm. And that's going to mean one of two things. Either they're making stupid mistakes or they're going to put it all forward and score some bangers. I mean, we got, we took a step. We scored a goal. Lost the game. It's a step. It's a step. Maybe we score a goal and draw the game. That'd be the next little baby step, right? After that, you got to win. So, I mean, I at this point, you don't want to draw at home, but I could see us potentially drawing at home. The, it, it just really sucks because we have said so many times on this podcast, you win at home, you draw on the road, you're going to be there at the end of the season. Mm-hmm. The Seattle Sounders are very good. I'm looking at this lineup that started the game against LAFC, and I'm like, damn it. This could keep... Uh, I mean, yeah, some of them are, are probably a little past their prime, but they're still very good players. Raul Ruiz Diaz is a very good striker. Jordan Morris, controversial, but a very good winger in MLS, especially. Ladero and Rusnak leading their midfield in the middle and up front, and then Christian Roldan on the wing. Again, very strong front five. And then Joao Paulo as their defensive midfielder is a hell of a player. Alex Roldan has turned into a very capable right back. And then you know, their back line solid in front of one of the longest tenured, really good keepers in MLS, Stefan Fry. This is an intimidating, really good team. Mm-hmm. And it's scary. Uh, I think Sporting Kansas City are capable of beating them, but I don't feel confident enough to sit here and say we are going to win on Saturday. I think it would be... I, I have no reason to be able to sit here and say we're going to win. I also am not necessarily sitting here and say we're going to lose. But... This it's just it's so hard to know what SKC team will show up. It is, it is. I mean, we'll just have to wait and see, man. 
they could fire 30 shots <laughs> on the goal and not score. Like, it's just, I'm hopeful. I think the be- SKC's best chance is they have to score early and they have to play on the front foot. If Seattle scores first, they're going to smell blood in the water. SKC are going to start lobbing in, you know, prayers of crosses. Yeah. And and I think that's where we dig our hole. You have to own the midfield. You have to not let Ladero, Rusnak, and, and Joao Paulo control things. They did very well at that against the Galaxy a couple weeks ago. And put your forwards in places to succeed and just hope and trust that they can eventually find the net. I think that's what you got to do. Yeah. So I, there's an opportunity, and it sucks because he plays on the left side defensively, but knew who for the Seattle Sounders. He's solid, especially in the tech, but he's known for making some silly mistakes defensively. He, he there's there's an opportunity there. There's a part of me that kind of wants to see Marino Janis again on the right side. Oh, except he's with Cyprus, isn't he? Yeah. Damn it. We're going to miss him. I love seeing Nuhu make a mistake, man. I love seeing Nuhu make mistakes. It happens. Okay. Kyrie, step up. There you go. It's your game. Use your size. Use your pace. Get around Nuhu. Force him into a mistake. Puts him across a large band in places again. Nuhu's very large. I, I just, I don't want to see the online discourse if Sporting KC don't, don't win again. There's, there's a growing chorus of people online that are, that are saying, even if they're not talking about Peter Ramiz, the ownership is satisfied with mediocrity and, and the louder that chorus grows, especially in contrast, whether right or wrong with what St. Louis is doing. Right now, I lied. By the way, knew who's five ten. He's five ten, but he's one seventy five, and he's muscular. He's 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 a little sure. purple. But Kyrie's six three, so you know, don't worry <laughs> about it. <laughs> I did look it up after he said he's huge. I wasn't going to call you out because I was like, he's he's a muscular, athletic dude. So yeah, I think that you know the fact that he looks stockier kind of gave it off as as maybe he was a little taller. But Kyrie's like, mm, I got five inches on you. <laughs> There's an opportunity there. We'll see. But I just here's this is a, this is a hypothesis that I've not said publicly, but I'm gonna run by you. I think Sporting Kansas City as a club was so successful with the rebrand in whatever it was 2009-2010. and I mean we talked with Chad Reynolds on this podcast. He was like, we were trying not to just appeal to soccer fans we were appealing to Kansas City fans and they did such a good job at that and they've been riding that for so long now that more expansion leagues have come or expansion teams have come into the league you have Austin you have Charlotte you have Atlanta LAFC now St. Louis Minnesota Orlando stadiums are catching up and surpassing Children's Mercy Park and supporter sections have an, a, a different type of energy that SKC's frankly doesn't have right now at this moment for whatever reason. Yeah. I think there there is... I think that's adding to just the sense of like stagnation with the club. So I, I winning can fix it. But I am curious to see if there's other things that can be done beyond just the Shield Club to drive right. people back. Beyond the Shield Club, behind or beyond... Uh making sure podcasts don't steal your language, uh, you know, your branding or whatever, uh, you know, we're, we're all, we're big into C and D's baby. 
hey, you and I just need to be fortunate that we're still hanging on. Don't come for us, sporting. Well, yeah, okay. So if you don't know what's going on, on, on Monday, there is a, there's a St. Louis City, SC, City uh, podcast <laughs> that uh, called itself the soccer capital of America, capital spelled with an O, like the capital building, not capital of a state. Right. Uh, and St. Louis is a, I mean, you would be lying if we didn't say St. Louis is a very rich soccer history. Sure. Ignoring fact if you didn't say it. But apparently Sporting Kansas City has a trademark on the phrase soccer capital of America with an A. Or a Sporting Kansas City affiliate at least does, like a, a subsidiary arm. So they sent a cease and desist letter that was made public. And now it looks, it's not a great look for SKC because it looks like this club is coming down on this small independent podcast who has no legal way to be able to fight this and got its fans up in arms. Explain why this has to happen. I'm not a lawyer. This is, you know, not legal advice. Filibuster. But my understanding is if you have a trademark and you are made aware that is there is a potential infringement of said trademark, you can lose your trademark if you do not, quote, protect that trademark, where basically the, the patent office does not, as the patent office, I don't know, whoever does the, the trademarking, does not police trademarks. It's up to the individual businesses to police their trademark. And if you do not, you lose diluting your trademark and eventually losing it. Yeah. And so... Sporting Kansas City must have been made aware of this. They sent this letter. I understand. If I were a St. Louis fan, I'm sure I'd be mad too. And I'm not going to sit here and try to say, look, we're, we're a small fan-run podcast. It would suck if the club came to us and said, hey, your name's too close to our club motto. You got to change it. I would crushed all that grand equity we've built, our logo and everything. It would suck. We just gave them yeah. ideas. I don't know why we even mentioned it. So I, I get that. I also don't think this is as dramatic as some people are making it out to be. Sporting Kansas City is trying to destroy fan media. Like, I don't think St. Louis is in their minds that much. No, that's not it. Yeah, I mean, we 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 know of at least another instance where this happened. I mean, they they got to do what they got to do. This is I'm gonna you know credit uh, Alex Long on Twitter. He replied to me. I don't I don't believe he's a lawyer either, but I think this is probably phrased well. He Alex Long to me on Twitter. Our friend Alex. Yeah. Oh, he nice. uh, he he was at the. The show, yeah, with Brittany, his uh, you know, lovely wife. I assume since they have the same last name. Uh, but what Alex said was, uh, I think the law isn't super clear on what level of infringement won't affect your hold on your trademark. So a lot of companies err on the side of defending their mark. It would be silly to lose something you've devoted lots of time and money to develop because you let a podcast use it. And I think ultimately that's what it comes down to. I don't think it's this big, nefarious, evil empire sporting Kansas City trying to crush the little St. Louis fan. I think it's just their lawyers advise them, better to err on the side of caution, else you may lose the trademark. So that's what they're doing. So that's what's right. going on there. I see you were, yeah, you must have been asking what the right thing to do is because Chad Smith made sure to come on and tell you <laughs> the right thing to do. That makes sense. Oh, Chadwick. <laughs> Chadwick. Um but so I appreciate Alex. I, th- I think that's probably very likely the case. Yeah, exactly what happened. So it's not as sinister as St. Louis fans make it, but but I, this is only going to add to the fuel of this St. Louis rivalry. Think about it now. The first time we go down in May to play in St. Louis, 
I fully expect them to have a giant TIFO, and they should. They should. I would be disappointed if they don't. A giant TIFO that just says soccer capital of America. Well, why wouldn't they? I mean... They have to. 100%. If it were reversed, we would do it. Yes. 100%. And I'm sure we We just need to have a TIFO battle back and forth now, because then when they come play at Children's Mercy Park, there needs to be something about soccer capital of America. Like, this just needs to just continue to... This is how rivalries can continue as silly as this all is this is how rivalries can continue to develop because this is really the first like actual controversy that involves the two clubs that isn't just hey you're in st louis and we're in kansas city so rough dude all they got they don't got to do anything all they got to say they got to just do a tifo that says standings (laughs) we could make a tifo that says make sure your video board works yeah (laughs) <laughs> I mean, it's like, like you spend all that better. money at a stadium, you, your video boat doesn't work and it's flooding. So let's right. work, have, you know. have better cheese, you know? Right. Toasted ravioli sucks. Yeah. I mean, what, what is that? It's a St. Louis thing. Toasted ravioli people. That's not, a, I mean, why? It's a, it's a St. Louis delicacy. Delicacy. There's people, there's St. Louis city SC fans in the stands with giant toasted ravioli headdresses. Like cheese heads, like from Packers? heads. No, like it covered, it looks like a, like if you were to wear a sunflower around your head and your face is in the middle, except it's a toasted ravioli. That's a real thing? That's a real thing. I'm going to find this photo disgusting. right now, and I'm going to send this to you so you can see it online. You send me the best stuff. You send me a video of Kevin Ellis fighting someone the other day. Did you watch it? No, not yet. That's my reminder to watch it. <laughs> yeah, it's, uh, it's very much uh, a real thing. Kevin Ellis got in a fist fight with... Uh, another player in the uh, Arena Soccer League. Okay, here it is. I found, I was filibustering. I found this image. I'm going to send it to you right now so you okay. can live re- react on the podcast. Maybe I'll uh, maybe I'll send this to, uh, to our producer. They can cut it in on the video version of this so they can see. Uh, That's what that is, huh? That's uh, this man's wearing a toasted ravioli on his head. It looks more like a... I don't know. It looks more like a veggie crisp. Like a, a vet. Well, I mean, like, oh man, what were those crackers? Chicken and a biscuit crackers. You remember those I like things? Chicken and a biscuit. Do you remember chicken and a biscuit crackers? I like chicken and a biscuit. So you don't I know the crackers? No, the crack. I'm talking about the crackers. Yeah. Is that what I'm not talking about? Literally chicken and a biscuit. I'm talking about the chicken and a biscuit. Oh, that's crackers. what they were called. Chicken and yeah, a biscuit. Chicken and a biscuit. Exactly. My grandma used to have these, and I was like, yeah. no one has these, grandma, just you. And I would just eat them up, and I'm like, man, these are. Salty as hell, but they're delicious. Big part of my childhood was chicken and a biscuit. They still sell those? Probably. But uh, so anyway, toasted ravioli. It's a St. Louis thing. So this is it's going to be fun. I'm excited. I'm still going to try to get down there when we play them in May. Yeah. So, yeah, me too. We got, I guess. We'll see. Might have to uh, to make sure that, you know, it, it's going to be wild. I just, I want to be there. It's going to be stupid expensive to get tickets. We'll have to see what we can do. We'll figure it out, but... It's going to be fun. So, I don't know, man. Seattle this weekend, it's going to suck. I desperately, look, if we get, if we get three points, we could jump right, and it feels silly to be talking about playoff line at this point because we're four games in. We'll jump right back up above that playoff line because I nine out of the 14 teams play it. Fair. But more importantly, I have determined that chicken and a biscuit crackers are indeed vegan. <laughs> they are a vegan yeah. cracker, sir. You gonna go buy some? I mean, yeah, I'm fairly certain Marissa has never had them. 
So oh, buy some is going to be instantly transported back to when you were seven years old in your grandma's kitchen. I will. I'll be like, Grandma, do you want to go play Sega Genesis? It's going to be like one of those scenes from that Sil Raven. You have a vision and it cuts back to your childhood and you're going to be like, oh my God, I'm back there. So exactly. <laughs> she would watch us play some, some fucking battle toads and shit. <laughs> battle toads. What a time. Simpler a time. time. Simpler time. Frustrating game. But, uh, so we'll see what happens with Sporting Kansas City this weekend. I desperately want to win for a lot of reasons, not the least of which is I don't want to continue to have these conversations online. Bro, it's a, uh, uh, I don't know. I can't. Oh, it's uh, we're going on a whole month, pretty soon, <laughs> with no victory and no victory pot. A couple home games thrown in there, and I, I'm just getting uh, kind of sad. Trying to stay patient, but I'm having a little deja vu about last year. We can turn around and beat the Seattle Sounders. That jumps us up from two points to five points. That puts us within two points of the Seattle Sounders through just as many games. Soccer is a game where things can turn around very quickly. I know St. Louis has 12 points through four games. I don't understand really how it's happening because it's incredibly stupid how they keep scoring. But it it is what it is. It won't happen forever. I mean, give it it time. But they'll probably make the playoffs because, I mean... 12 points is a lot of points through just four games. Like, sure. But if you have to judge us and say, yeah, that this isn't the team that we're going to be, then you have to judge everyone else and say, wait, this isn't the team they're going to be. I agree. I agree. I'd rather be 12 points through four games than, um, you know, have 11 goals for and four goals against than two points through four games and one goals for and three goals against. Like, I, I yeah. you know, they're going to continue to get, or they'll say they'll continue to get better. I think they'll probably come back to earth quite a bit. Hopefully we get up there, and I wouldn't be surprised if those two teams finished, you know. I wouldn't be surprised if Kansas City finished a little bit above St. Louis in the final standings, despite a 10-point lead through four games. Woo! Optimistic Charlie over here. My goodness. I'm going to say it. So we'll look back at the end of the season to when we're recording this, the week of March 20th, and we'll see if I was right. I would love to be right because I would love to go back and all those St. Louis fans in my mentions. I don't like it. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna go there with you. <laughs> okay. Well, there's my uh, optimistic prediction for the week. So nice. Well, uh, you, I mean, you got anything else you want to talk about this week? There's plenty of other weird stuff that happened in MLS. Tiago Almada is out there just scoring bangers for Atlanta United. He's gonna be sold for like twenty five, thirty million dollars this summer. Yeah, no doubt. But. Uh, nah, man, I don't know anything else. It's, uh, just another 7.30 game on Saturday. You know, it's, uh, I don't know, gonna get exciting. It is nice that with this Apple deal, you know, if it's, if it's a game on Apple TV, Saturday, 7.30, that's when it is. Standard window. Usually. Yeah. But, uh, anyway, I think that's all we got this week. We'll we'll see if we talk about the U.S. games that are that are coming up this week, next week. We'll see what happens. Right now, I'm I just I'm not all that excited to watch you the know, United States take on Granada. Now we don't need but. to talk about that. Who gives a shit? <laughs> uh, I've we'll probably try to watch a little bit, but I think that uh, you know, hey, Sporty's not getting the job done right now. You know who was getting the job done at the end of the year and was runners up in a freaking championship game was Casey Current. There they is. return to play this Saturday. Come join me and our colleague Chris Wright over on Currently uh, tomorrow, and we'll uh, we're gonna break down the first game. So exciting stuff! 
And I'm sure you'll talk about those new stadium renderings they just released too. Yeah, man. Got me wanting to sign up for that field club. Tell me uh, if I could get a good hypnotist to tell my wife why, why that's a good idea. <laughs> <laughs> Keep working on it. Yeah, no shit. <laughs> so, well, thank you all so much for listening with us. We appreciate it. There are brighter days ahead. I truly believe that brighter days are coming for Sporting Kansas City. But in the meantime, make sure you follow us on Twitter and Instagram at NoOtherPod, at Dan Kuzer, at JCMac03. Shoot us an email, NoOtherPod at gmail.com. Check us out on YouTube, KCSN Soccer on YouTube. And leave us that five-star rating and review. But until then, he's Dan. I'm Jimmy. We'll catch you all later. See ya. Brighter days are coming. Jimmy said it. Thanks for listening to KC Sports Network. Don't forget to hit that follow button and leave us a review if you like what you heard and think others would as well. You can find all six of our channels at KCSN. Covering the Chiefs, the Royals, Sporting KC, and the KC Current. Plus KU, K-State, or Mizzou. By searching KCSN wherever you listen to podcasts. We're also on YouTube. Entertain. Educate. Inform. KC Sports Network.